and welcome to Crimes Against Food. I'm Gloria Lind. I'm Mia Steele. And today we're going to be talking about curry. Now, it's probably a, a particularly narrow brand that we're talking about because we're talking about curry in the UK. Yes. I can't pretend to be an expert on South Asian cuisine, but what I can talk about is our experience and the kind of the relationship between the kind of South Asian cuisine and English cuisine or British cuisine, I should say, in this country. Because it's um, it's interesting. It's a good bit, little bit of cultural exchange going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I imagine, it's weird to think how different what we know as Asian food <laughs> yeah, to the reality. Yeah. What, you know, the, the huge mild difference that must be between it. And it's kind of shaming and it isn't I mean I think it you know in a way I think it's a kind of example of fusion food and it's fusion food dating way way back I mean when we say curry yeah we mean we're talking about we call it curry because of the curry leaf that gives some stews some and dishes a distinctive flavor and then somehow you know when you say when you say I'm going for a curry in the UK what you mean is I'm going to restaurant that yes. sells stuff Asian cuisine. Although curry also means, I mean, it means, for me, it means a, a dish with a particular kind of sauce that's got a particular density and makeup to it. Yes, you it does, I mean? doesn't it? It's, it has a very particular. Yeah, things that are meaning. made from pastes. Pastes, and it's got, and it's very, it's not really, in in the British imagination, it's really dry, is it? It's, exactly. It's, a, it's, it's got a, a gravy, a, a substance yeah, to the sauce, yeah. and it's a sauce and a rice. And naan or chapati. Exactly. And papadams. But we'll talk all about that later, oh, about gosh. the ritual of how because, we eat. I mean, yeah, as bad as it is, and I'm sure it's, it's a crime in its own way because we have completely kind of, yeah, like you say, created our own version of something else that has distinct roots and a real mm-hmm. place in international cuisine. But um, it's all really good. It is really good. And I think, I just, I just find it an interesting, an interesting match, an interesting little bit of, kind of it's like a culinary remnant of history kind of sat yeah. in our you know this is this is something that that back in back about 10 years ago um chicken tikka masala which isn't even is an ultimate fusion dish because chicken tikka masala it didn't doesn't exist until it was created for our market yeah in birmingham yeah um it was named as like the nation's favorite dish i mean it was you know based on a poll down of probably about a thousand people but it's still it still kind of made the top. No, well, I suppose you could argue just because it was only created, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So what? Yeah. Lots of dishes are only that old and they're fantastic. In fact, plenty of dishes that, that we consider to be kind of hot cuisine now, you know, they're, they're just the imaginings. They're just a twinkle in somebody's eye at that time. <laughs> and I know that chicken tikka masala is it's seen as a bit of a kind of a British cop out, but I'm sure you can get good ones. Oh, you can get good ones. And I don't think that just because something is evolved from another route it's yeah. it's it's a copper it's just it's just an interesting path that food tends to take and it's a path of of immigration absolutely and colonization yeah. and you know and and imperialism and you know and cultural exchange and all of those things because the purest in me is fighting this are you fighting me? Are I, you, i'm kind of i just Things have to be the way they are. Oh, but they never difficult. have been. They never have been, man. Because I, I should say, first I, of I all, just, I kind of, I, I, I struggle with this. I really do. Because, yeah, right. Curry is not authentic. 
but it is authentic to itself. Yes. And what it is, is the result of a British love affair with spice. And it started off, I reckon, back in the Crusades when we actually bought things back from the near, the kind of Middle East. Yes. That we bought back, I think we got cinnamon, things like that, which made things taste nice. Amazing. <laughs> and then in Elizabethan era, there was more bringing back spices from, you know, other parts of the world, yeah. which really influenced the cook- cooking of that era. So it's like the, the cooking reflects the, the changes of the time. And then you start to see, with, with kind of South Asian food, you start to see a real kind of pull in and change from um, around the time of... So this is, there's a fantastic book all about spices, and I've forgotten what it is, but basically the Dutch had all the spices and we wanted the spices. So we, <laughs> we, ended, we, we invented the East India Company and the East India Company was fantastic. Well, it wasn't fantastic, it was evil, but it was fascinating, I think is probably the right word to say, because yes. it was like... A company which actually ran a little bit like a government. Yeah, no, definitely. Eventually, at the end of the day, they had Hong Kong. They had, you know, outputs in kind of the Caribbean. They had outputs in in, in India. And it was all about getting a better price for spice. But eventually it became its own government and had its own rules. And the clerks who were working out there in the admin, they made bucket loads That's of money a result of having to kind of carve yourself a niche and secure business isn't it yeah they, they had to get their sticky fingers into everything going on they yeah. couldn't just say can you sell us this at this price it's all about kind of worming your way into someone's good graces yeah i mean they the were the first i mean i think they were like the first kind of globalized company in the way that they worked you know they had they had an influence on oh, politics definitely. they had yeah, everything yeah, like yeah. that so this is a kind of i mean they did some seriously questionable things but they also made possible other things so it's you know, I think it's a it's a fascinating one, and you know where you look at crimes against food, and you're like, but this is where like food, like our appetite for a certain substance, yeah. change things massively. And then we kind of fast forward on, you get into the colonization of India, which the East India Company was involved with, and you get the UK getting their sticky little fingers into. India because of the vast natural resources of that com- that country yeah. and we were there for we were there for a really long time I think we were there for a good hundred years at least that's a long time it is a long time especially when you consider the changes that happen within the same hundred year period if it had been you know a hundred years of kind of peace and calm and nothing worth recording it would yeah. be a different story and instead it was this kind of huge it's a upheaval. turbulent country yeah. 1947 I think 1947. Checking, you know what it's like? Yeah, I was. Is, is that when we finally kind of withdrew? That was the last Viceroy of India. Wow. Last Viceroy of India, 1947. And in 1947, they gave India, as, re- as a result of the independence movement, gave India back to itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Removed, we removed ourselves from the uh, politics and, <laughs> and they, you know, meddling in the affairs of that country. And, um, and split it into Pakistan and India. And Pakistan, Gosh, we do a good job, don't we? Oh, God. You know, we arbitrarily drew a line oh. across the country, caused thousands of refugees, a conflict that kind of still slightly goes on, blah, blah, blah. You know, and... Job so, well done. Yeah, eh? yeah. You know, good created, the, created the first uh, a Muslim nation state <sighs> in Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and India was under its own rule as well. And then 
kind of after that date, because of our relationship with the country, we had people, when we had a labour shortage, who were we going to call? But our mates. Yeah. Over, over in India. Tell them how great it is in England. Oh, you definitely want to come here. Yeah, you definitely want to get... And isn't I mean, it... You know, th- th- this is where it is. It's pissing down all the time. All the time. People and are living on su- subsidence, kind of horrible, just nasty foods, and everyone's poor, and it's fine. Come but here. the thing is, you could come and you could work and you can earn money. But the fascinating thing is, where did you need where did you need workers? But in the mill towns of the north, really, Bradford, Dewsbury, of course. You know, much becomes clear. Manchester, Oldham, it's all all of the mill towns where there are big textile industries, lots of work, not enough people to do the jobs. Which is why if you go to Dewsbury, it's, it's, you know, there's, it's, there's a big Asian population in Dewsbury. Yeah, I've, actually, or, or, I've actually been to Dewsbury. This, no, never clued this in in my head. As a child, my mother took me, took me there to buy fabrics. Yeah, yeah. if <laughs> you go to warehouse. Bradford, you go yeah, to Bradford, yeah. you go to Dewsbury because fabrics there are fantastic. Gosh, I never even thought about yeah. that, but yeah, yeah, of course. And so can you imagine coming from your kind of wherever you live? Fools! Hello! Why did you come here? Oh, pity the fools. I know. Cold England. Not only the cold, but also the from having enjoyed a kind of privileged relationship with that country. And, you know, for, for, you know, for some people who came over here who are educated, who are used to being treated with a certain level of deference in their own country. Yeah, yeah. And then coming over here and experiencing massive prejudice. I mean, it must be such a weird, such a weird experience. I can't, you know, to come over and be like, say you were an engineer. You can't fathom it. Yeah, you, you? you were an engineer, but you couldn't get work as an engineer. No. Because no one, you know, someone might not employ you because of the colour of your skin. So you came over and you ended up working in the mill and raising your family and what have you and, and in, in this country. Or you opened a restaurant. You know, and you worked in catering. And yeah. this is where our kind of, our food came into it. Because from having, there are aspects of British cuisine that are still, uh, were already really influenced by um, by Indian food. And, yes. and, and by, by people living in the Raj, as we called it, the Raj. Well, living in the Raj. <laughs> people living it out in the empire, living it up with their... There is such a kind of wealth of of it's, stuff. It's, it's, it's a very, culture it's of its very own, the Anglo-Indian culture. The result of the mingling of two cultures is often more interesting and more kind of queerly fascinating to see than, in actual fact, the culture itself originally before you went over and meddled. It's like seeing what happens when two kind of awkward things are thrown together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is. I mean, it's, it does. I mean, it makes me think and, of... And especially yard. when these kind of archaic ideas about viceroys and things, and you see pictures and you think, hang on, they were still around when, when we had photographs. That's insane. And you realise quite how modern and how recent these things were. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's it just, it's shocking. You think, this was... This was yet. This my people in my family were alive when this was happening. Oh my god, it is quite scary. Crazy. I mean, yeah. Think about it. It's nine. It's it is. It's it's nineteen forty-seven. But I mean, it always makes me think. If you think about back to the Raj, it makes me think of like Rudyard Kipling, or in um, this is is where I show my total geekiness in a Little Princess by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Oh, I never. I only read the Secret Garden. No, it's not a Little Princess. No, it's it's Secret Garden. And and her mother. 
and she comes back from India and she's um, a pale, sallow, sickly yeah. child. The mother's a hussy. She obviously. is a hussy. She's clearly a hussy. doesn't give us stuff about the kid. But Glad di- she died. But anyway. everyone dies. <laughs> you know, there's this this strange otherness. She comes from this otherness. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. she's English. And she comes back too to the the Yorkshire Moors. Yeah. And and has this kind of thing. But you know, things like Chutney, we've touched on that in other uh, episodes. Oh, Thank yes. you very much. That's uh, Asian cuisine. Kedgeri, that's another classic. Yeah, which I didn't realise. Yeah? I didn't realise that was like an Indian sort of derivative. Well, rather an English derivative of an Indian dish. Yeah, which is rice and fish. And uh, cool. and we make it with smoke ha- smoked haddock. Oh, man. I'm not sure what the original the original was made no, with, but we make it with, with, with smoked haddock. Oh, I know, me too. Mm. I actually... Um, I've the, the weird thing is, I've been to some fantastic, um, well, specifically Indian restaurants. I, I remember these because they've been in really out of the way places. I went to an Indian restaurant in Cusco in Peru, <laughs> and it was it was the only Indian restaurant in town, and it was a young Indian family who had it, and they were wonderful and very friendly and charming, and they ran a very successful business because they were the only ones in in the area, and they were amazing. Yeah, and to be fair, they had stiff competition. Because Peruvian food doesn't ever fall down. As I mentioned many times before, I'm a huge fan. We should all go and live there. It's fantastic <laughs> and cheap and you eat like kings every single meal. But um, and she gave me a very quick recipe for one of my favourite kind of like lifetime on the hip snacks. Mm. Barfi, which is kind of, it sounds weird. <laughs> Barfi. But, um, yeah, it's B-A-R-F-I. And it's kind of just like an Indian sort of finger dessert. It's like a treat, a sticky treat. And they have them for all kinds of occasions, like occasion food and trays. And the way she made it, she added chocolate to um to kind of entice us in and entice me in. It did. It's absolutely amazing. And the thing that makes it what it is, is the cardamom. Oh, yes. Cardamom and chocolate. How awesome. Ah. But cardamom in anything is such a, a classic ingredient in Indian sweets, isn't oh, it? It's oh, just, it's, it's so just, fragrant. It's that, it's that, again, it's that otherness. There's no way to, fragrant otherness. It's fantastic. It gives an edge to what was in there. So I think the basic recipe is... You take a big bag of desiccated coconut. You take a big can of condensed milk. Condensed milk. Yeah. It's all about you Indian fold it sweets. All in together. Indian yeah. sweets. It's always uh, butter and condensed milk. <laughs> Along with some ground cardamom seeds. That's not pods, seeds. Um, grind them up to the nice fine powder and they're kind of all mingled in. Beautiful. And then add the melted chocolate last of all. Awesome. <gasps> Beyond sexy. Truly, truly nice. Awesome. Mm. Love it. The only thing is, of course, everyone is about 1,600 calories. Because <laughs> yeah, coconut's particularly bad for you, as is condensed milk. But hey-ho, it's a treat. Hey-ho. You know you're going to have it. I have particularly fond memories. This is a digression. But hey, you know, why, why yeah. break a trend? Why else are we here? Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, I used to live up the road from a, a corner shop. Little, used to sell little groceries and stuff and because they were run by an Asian family they had Indian sweets in there nice. and kind of just these just little pre-packed ones of those and because I even at the time even like aged about eight I was a total new taste junkie it was oh. like the minute I saw them I had to have them because they were like strange and they said sweets on them and they're in another oh. package oh, they're great and they're really sickly I mean they are basically condensed milk and butter and 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 gram flour or whatever amazing but they're great and then you see many years later i discovered on brick lane an entire shop full mm. of indian sweets i really like the one that's made with carrot it's kind of carrot it's shredded carrot and oh. and and milk and you kind of cook it it's kind oh. of quite it's a really good one i don't know that the names sounds... i'm sorry I, I don't know the amazing. names of them, but they are great oh. 
really, really, really sweet. Most of them are really <laughs> sweet. But um, because I think that I, I couldn't say that I'm an expert on on kind of Indian cuisine. Um, but I suppose we talk about that at the end of the episode about about kind of the, a greater understanding of it. But I thought one great way to kind of try and convey the experience and the kind of the great things and, and then the crimes about yeah. curry in this country is to describe how most people first experience it if you're, you know, you're not of Asian descent is you will experience it in a restaurant unless yes. you go around to your mate's house and, and get and get real stuff yeah Yeah, get the get the proper stuff there which is which is brilliant i used to have a friend who used to bring stuff in and it was awesome samosas awesome but curry used to blow my head off really (laughs) wow she used to make this one with kidney beans and i'd be like you know i thought i was quite tolerant to heat and i couldn't deal with it i was was clearly a complete so i think we have to kind of come into this by the way of the the indian restaurant because okay so it's called an indian restaurant in the uk yeah it might actually be a pakistani restaurant it might actually be a punjabi restaurant but generally you refer to it as an indian restaurant it's just it's just how it's come to be and this is the history of like you know this is the first people who came to this country and maybe set up a business selling this food and there is a very, very traditional way of doing it, isn't there? I mean, there is, I mean, you could, there is a kind of family run, identical Asian restaurant. Yes. Okay, so we, what, do you, what do we get? We get, you come in and... Your starters undoubtedly going to include pakora. Yeah. Which is any kind of kind of vegetable or chicken or fish thing in some batter fried. And you also get samosas. Must have samosas. Barges. Barges. Samosas, barges, pakoras. They're all taken care of. They're basically all fried products. Yeah. Brilliant. And then your sundries will be your poppadoms and your pickle tray. And now this is very important this. to describe because I oh. don't know anywhere else. I think I could live on poppadoms and pickle tray. And it's just, <laughs> it's such a bad snack. Such a bad thing to do, but I absolutely love them. And what I love is, is it's it's really yeah. uniform, but it's it's kind of totally accepted, and it's kind of <laughs> how it is in a UK Indian restaurant because there is a myriad of chutneys and a myriad of 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 yeah. kind of condiments that y- you can have with it. But when you say pickle tray, you, you mean, mean things. You mean yeah, you mean a mango sweet mango yes. pickle yes. chili. Mango so it's chutney. like it's mango chutney, isn't yeah. it? So that's 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 for those of you who have lived without experiencing mango <sighs> chutney. Is, is there any of you out there? Surely I, I must be saying this, and thousands of people, thousands, thousands. <laughs> one. Hey, you listening now? <laughs> you listening if now? If you haven't had it, it's good. It's Try good. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's it's basically like <laughs> thousands of <laughs> delusions of grandeur. This award nomination has gone to my head. I know. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the it's as you know the sweetness and the slight piquancy of mm. the of the mango chutney then you have my favorite lime pickle oh i flipping love lime pickle i made some actually the other like earlier in the year there's a recipe for it on this wonderful website called i can big it up is called mamta's kitchen um which is a web- website developed by the kids of a woman who who 
you know, cooked for them all. And they said they wanted to put their mum's recipes oh, up. Oh, that's so nice. And she she kind of adds to it. And then readers add their own stuff to it as well. But it's just the most fantastic collection of kind of really quite authentic yeah, um, yeah. Asian cookery. And there's a recipe on there for lime pickle, which to make lime pickle normally, you need to kind of leave your leave your limes out on a on the sunny windowsill which isn't going to happen in Leeds so uh, you can see it's an alternative you can use a microwave and it's salty and hot and limey oh that sounds amazing oh, and that, you know that is what I love about lime pickle so you get that you get the mango chutney and then you get the yeah, raita, uh, raita yeah. which is cucumber mint and yogurt now there's there's a few kind of sort of Middle variations. Eastern Euro- European variations upon upon a theme but right is generally runny yes I think it, it's, it's runnier than say your tzatziki things like that yeah it's it, smooth and it's runny it's pouring you could yeah, pour it out of a spoon and it's so good oh god just glory I'm so hungry I'm sick of doing this <laughs> I'm sick of talking about food it's making me food obsessed. I'm worse than I was and I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry. So what you do is you go into a curry restaurant and you don't drink wine in a curry restaurant. No. If you're going to drink, no, you if you're going to drink at all. And in a traditional restaurant, well, you have two options. Either you're in a really traditional one, which will be a caf and they won't have an alcohol license. No, that's true. Maybe run by Muslims. So you, you won't, you bring your own. You can have a lassie or something, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you can have a lassie or you bring your own. <laughs> every time i say lassie or say that lassie yogurt milkshake yeah. um essentially <laughs> and you have you have a beer oh, and you, you have a, either a kingfisher or a cobra beer of course because they're both indian lagers so you've got to have one or the other amazing brilliant and before you even eat any starters you have to order one of these these popdoms and pickle tray. Yeah, now, do. whilst you're eating this, you will generally be, if you're in a traditional <laughs> Asian restaurant, you will be sat. Now, it could possibly be late at night. And I yes. have to say that there is a tradition in the UK of you go have a few beers and then you go for a curry late at night. And I think this probably just stems back to, you I know, back know. in the day, I think Asians, you know, people who set up the restaurants were prepared to work long hours to make yeah, business yeah. work. they're prepared to be open late. They're yeah. prepared to be, to, to be serving food till at midnight or after. Yeah. And lots of places were not. Your fish and chip shop was shut at half past 10 or 11. Yeah. And, and also, they would, like, they would be packed up and gone home when you wanted food. Also, from a hotter climate, you will eat later. So, yes. you know, it's not too, it's not too unusual. However, it does mean in this country that if you go for a curry late at night, yeah. they expect you to be, well, they're prepared to it with a certain amount of kind of like appalling behaviour. Yeah. They're just used to it now, I think. Especially for the restaurants that are in situated in the centre of a town with bars around. Yeah, you, you they kind know of... They know what they're in for. Yeah, yeah. It's People talking loudly. There's no kind of demure folding of napkin. People, savage. It's it's like hogs around a trough. There it's is disgusting. there is a fantastic They skept. put the poppadoms down and you do. It's it's hard <laughs> competition to get to the, the pickle tray. Yeah, there is a fantastic sketch by <laughs> a British Asian... Um, uh, company where they they go for an English they go for an English it's called goodness (laughs) gracious me I think there's a clip up on YouTube and uh, this is this group of uh, young young professional agents you know they've obviously had a couple of beers and they go for an English yeah (laughs) and one of the guys is going and just make it really really bland and all his friends are going oh no don't be silly I want it really bland I want it really greasy (laughs) is essentially it And, and then he's talking to the guy and he's kind of patronising 
do you understand me <laughs> kind of voice. It's a really, really good comment on kind very of... Very well on, observed. Yeah. It's very well observed. The late night relations between yeah. I mean, Asian you, waiting staff and the English customers. You do wonder, I mean, you wonder, like, if you were, you know, oh. if you were not... If you were like first generation in this country, you'd be like, you are all a bunch of knobheads. Yeah. And yet still, despite this late nightness, there are relatively few feud crimes committed. Like That's even true. though you are eating late at you night can, and you, you are drunk, go. you can still have a yeah. good curry. You know. You absolutely can. You you which is I mean, don't get me wrong. You do pay for what you care for. Yeah. You can go to somewhere called, there's a place called, in these called Zamzams, where, where they do everything. But, you know, it's everything to a certain standard. So your chips will be of the same standard as your kebab, as your curry, as your something else, as your something else, as your burger and your pizza. Yeah, best to go to specialised. Yeah, I mean, it's best, best to narrow it down. Best to go to an actual curry house and it's a restaurant and you sit down and you have a menu and everything. It's not just a laminated card pasted to a wall. <laughs> uh, but I feel like I should I should describe the interior decor because it's, if you're eating on an Indian restaurant of a certain generation, it's a very distinctive... I love it. I love the way they look inside. I know. It's kind of like a cross between a British pub and kind of... A bordello. A bordello. Yeah. With, with kind of uh, an inkling towards, you know, the, the Raj or imperialism or... Yeah. Well, not imperialism. So it's it's, you it's, it's up, a Raj. You do end up with a certain kind of Victorian seance feel because they'll have like sturdy tables and chairs. And then a nice pink light. Pink light. Yeah. It's got red wallpaper. <laughs> red wallpaper. <laughs> and it's, it is a bit like, let's join fans. You know, it's, it's yeah. wonderful. It, is, it is exactly that. It's exactly <laughs> the feel. And some kind of subdued strings <laughs> yeah. going on in the background. Not, you know, classical Indian music. Not, But that not actually classical. works really well in, in a yeah. restaurant. I love that music in a restaurant. It's kind yeah. of, um, it's exactly the music you want. As in, it's just, it's there, but it's not obtrusive. Yeah. You can have a conversation around it and it doesn't, swell over you you know it's nice yeah and unlike in other restaurants you generally with will have a grown-up waiting on your table mm. you'll have a grown-up and like several younger lads usually yeah is, is usually a thing that, and it's usually all actually lads true yeah it is usually all men and but there's always an older guy kind of the head waiter yeah is, is in charge keeping keeping an eye on proceedings keeping in line and uh, yeah, but to be fair, he's probably there as a figure of, of authority to keep the customers in line as yeah. much as anything else. It is. You know, a stern older gaze. Yeah. Don't mess around too much. Yeah, it's, it is definitely that. I mean, this is not always the circumstances mm. under which one goes for it. One can also go to an Indian restaurant and enjoy just fantastic food and go and not not go and when when you've had a drink i oh, mean there, course, are, yeah. there are all of these but, but this is this is this is a bit of a novel concept for us though recently <laughs> i mean you can go when it's not 12 o'clock at night and you're adult with beer Oof, shocking but, but this is part can. of the it's part of the food revolution yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah. that's just part of the the growth of of curry in the uk is a understanding of it so you see i th- I don't know how to describe. There is all these markers of things that people. I think it's just really familiar, and people really. Because the other disturbing thing is, in in a in a traditional curry house. Mm-hmm. When I say traditional curry house, it doesn't mean it's authentic to kind of any particular regional cuisine. It just means it's traditional to British curry, um, which is that you also have a, a menu and you can have various different types of sauce. So you have like a buna sauce yeah. and you can have meat fish prawn lamb you know yeah, 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 
yeah, you can, you can, yeah. And then you can have a Picky danzak, filling, yeah, yeah. Oh, which is lentils and, like and sweet. Yeah, I like danzak. I know, doppiazza. I'm just throwing all these ones off because they're the ones which will be on the standard menu. Boonas are quite tomato aren't tomato-y, they? Tomato-y, yeah. yeah. Danzac lentils and maybe some pineapple thrown in there. Yeah, Cormo is the one you always start on. If you don't like anything spicy. Yeah, if you don't like anything spicy, try Cora, it's creamy. I'll just make you sick instead. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what I've discovered? You see, there's this whole other kind. There's the underground curry eating. And here's what I found out. I don't much care for curry when it's been sort of takeaway delivered to my house. Like Mm -hmm. my mum does that sometimes. But what I have realised is it's really good the next day cold from the fridge. (laughs) Don't judge and me. And here we have the underbelly. Oh, a cold karma is so nice. <laughs> oh my god! And cold karma is so much better than hot karma. It just is. It works really well as a cold dish that I have to. I can't explain to you. And, I haven't lived. And then, and then you have, um, <laughs> you have the, the side accompaniments. Which I mean, for some reason in the UK, what you seem to have is you go for some rice, and then you also say, and also give me. Uh, a naan or a paratha or a chapati, which are all flat, leaven, unleavened bread. Um, just mm. to add to the carb content. Yeah. And then you might have a vegetable side dish because this is the other thing about UK curry. Predominantly in South Asia, a lot of people are vegetarian because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are Hindu. But not here. Not here. It's, you know... A vegetable is a side dish and meat is the main course. That's it. That's taken a long time for people's minds to be changed on that. And that's not just curry. That's the whole kind of British palate anyway. Mm -hmm. That that We've been stuck in that for a while with the idea that you need what you mean. If if you don't have meat as part of your meal, it's not a meal. It's not a meal. It's it's not a main course. It's not a meal. It can be a side dish or a sundry or something like an appetizer, but not the thing, not the main event. Yeah. Otherwise I've been cheated. Yeah. And so you get all these kind of curry dishes that maybe did have some roots in like you know originally once were a thing in <laughs> india itself and yet now they're packed full of meat products and prawns yeah. or chicken or whatever yeah. else. You just it's just throw of, it in because yeah. you know they you think you can just see them going why but oh. although i did once have um a kashmiri lamb a kashmir lamb dish which oh. was amazing oh yeah because gonna sing that to you because it was absolutely fantastic it melted yeah. off the bone it was so fantastic good god yeah, yeah, Kashmiri, Pakistani kind of lamb dishes is just like, oh, yeah. So you eat all that, and then my favourite bit of the meal is if you're somehow kamikaze or foolhardy or something, you may venture dessert. Now, for some reason, despite we've talked about mm. having all these amazing sweets available the in the UK, the wondrousness, wondrous, yeah. wondrousness. Um, that's not featured on the dessert no. menu. And it's without fail, this this menu where um, you can choose from kulfi ice cream, which I always go, yes, I wish I could eat you, but I'm too full. Because kulfi ice cream is awesome. What's kulfi ice cream? Well, it's made with condensed milk and cardamom. Oh, Oh, <laughs> the things I like the best. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah oh, it's, it's kind of really good. And and then there's always the the half coconut shell filled with coconut ice cream. Coconut ice cream, yeah, is and the orange one thing, and the orange filled with orange sorbet. You're not putting me off. This looks like a spanking menu to me. <laughs> I 
I know, but I love that. It, it sounds like rather a, limited. Yeah. It's always there, though. It's always there. Yeah. It I is love always it. there. Oh, I really, really want to go for a curry now. <laughs> and I'm at work in about six hours. So it's not possible. <laughs> sorry. I'm just... Oh. Sorry. I, I'm just kind of taunting you. Taunting <laughs> you with these things. And I have to say that for, for 20 years, and yet even now, this type of dining experience is the British way of eating curry. Yeah, yeah. And... And and will probably still live strong. I think. I think it will live strong. Um, for every person, for every sophisticate who's you know, down in London town and is kind of exposed to the, to the delights of real Asian cuisine, in a place where you, they get enough business down to survive. Down in London survive. town, you can go over to Bradford. Actually, that's true. You can go to Bradford and go to some Most. fantastic curry houses. But I mean, the the, the curry houses in Bradford are not vocally kind of saying we're great we're superior that is quietly getting about being great yeah you know there's no publicity there but um but but for everywhere else all the provinces and smaller towns yeah your curry house gonna live strong i think yeah i think in that in that format as yeah. well i i i mean it, it will remain to be seen that the people who run those i mean because you know quite often if it's first generation you run it and maybe your kids don't want to take it over uh, not in that vein or you know are you going to get somebody coming over yeah. and taking it over or are you kids going to change it if they do want to take they it do. over because they they have more. want to explore in, in in like lose the kind of the fusion aspect and go back to what yeah because that, to the that, is, that their parents severed almost yeah because that is new and interesting yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and what have you because this is the next bit to move on to i suppose which is in the past kind of 10 years or so i think that our we've kind of started to get a little bit more knowledgeable or more yes. interested more in the interested. UK about Asian food. We have definitely, but a lot of it is 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 very, it's, it chimes with that word authenticity, doesn't it? Everyone wants to be uh, yes. authentic and it's not always for the right reasons. Sometimes it's because it's it's a lot, sometimes it's about one-upmanship. Yes. Well, that's not very authentic because when I was in the Goan region and I was <laughs> I eat, eating, I don't know, whatever they eat in the Goan region, but yeah, you know, but um, but it's it's that whole tit for tat thing, yeah. You know, it's one time in Barcelona. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as uh, I pronounce yeah, this correctly. Yeah. Listen to me oh, as I it's Barcelona, and I ordered some, you know, some some tapas, and it was amazing. And I ordered exactly the right thing. It's that whole attitude it's of when I had of, it of, over there of, of, of knowledge. Like, but not there's knowledge also the, there's food. also the other side of it, which I really love, which is the the glamorous curry house which is you know gone are the flock wallpaper gone is the red light and instead we have tiled floors and and kind of blue lighting and and, and and all and all of these these items and and to be honest the menu kind of pretty much stays the same it does with with more chef specials and things like that but the uh the decor suddenly becomes Changed enormously yeah yeah because i mean well, there, there are chains of restaurants. We, we can we can name some, yeah. can't we? Like say, like Agra in Leeds is very much of, of the latter. Yeah, as in they've gone for sort of leather booths and banquettes and and and, and tall back chairs and real linen on the tables. Uh huh. And they're, they're they're really taking it to market. And but and the menu is pretty fantastic. I must mm-hmm. admit because that's a Kashmir, it's a Kashmiri restaurant, I think. Mm-hmm. And um and so they've got a lot of speciality dishes on there. But by and large, yeah, it's still much of a muchness, albeit good. It's very still good. good. It is. It's still very good. I have to say that one of the restaurants that I I kind of get taken to a lot in Leeds is because Will loves it and it's because his dad loves it. 
This is what you get with Indian restaurants. This is the relationship with Curry. <laughs> is his dad's gone there and Will's gone there since he was a lad. And if the owner's in and he comes over and talks, talks, it's you know, yeah. it's the same thing. It is the most fantastic food. It looks like some kind of eighties throwback. It's still fluorescent lighting. Oh, which one uh, is it? It's Rajas on um, Rajas Tandoor and Roundy Road. Roundy Road. Yeah, it's it's stuck out in the middle of the no nowhere. Yeah, it's in quite an unsalubrious neighbourhood. It's kind of been named on the time one of the Times Best UK curry no way. houses. Yeah, and it's and it's like this kind of come up to it, park your car, worry slightly about whether your car's going to get robbed or not, and uh, kind of come into this, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of garden furniture and pink tablecloths and Brilliant. overhead lighting. Not even red lighting, overhead lighting. There is, you know, the loo is through an upstairs kitchen. Which is kind of not used. It's used as storage. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all it's all there, and the food it's absolutely fantastic. Oh gosh, it's it's definitely. It's, yeah, sorry, I'm kind of just making. You know, I'm like, yeah, bring oh, on the salivate, salivate, have have it all. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about when these restaurants were built in the 80s, and it was a time when women were still being like named Brenda without irony and wearing entirely polyester dresses, and they weren't afraid to hawk it through a second kitchen and yeah. li- and have the kitchen staff hear them pee in a tiny, tiny cubicle. Remember bathrooms and restaurants were just not considered at all. Yeah. A no. cubby. A cubby. And it, you, you'd trip going into it and hit your head on the way out and you probably, yeah. oh God. All of, all of that. All of that. Amazing. All went down. All went down. But you see, the other thing that we've, we've started to realise in the UK, we, we, we're slow to catch up on these things and perhaps, you know, a nation afraid of change. We, uh, we we love to cling to our, our our same dishes. Now, I think maybe one of the reasons we had to change. I mean, there are some crimes that happen when you stick to the same format. Yeah. I mean, one of them is it's a little bit depressing because you probably know that each sauce is going to be dolloped on some meat. If you have a vast menu and it's like chicken buna, chicken doppiazza, chicken korma, chicken, you know, frozen sauces, yeah, frozen meat, yeah, put the two together, yeah, and it's, it's like brilliant, is it? you know, it's 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 kind of a a contempt for the dining experience, but people will still eat it. Yes. They will still eat it. You have very oily sauces. You I have quite that. quite uninspired yeah. dining. I hate it. when you see a curry sauce, it's always the, the oh, and it comes to it and it's already beginning to pool. The grease is pooling on top uh, of the sauce. That is just uh, terrible. I hate that with a passion. But what you have now is is you have shades and subtlety in it because one of the things you have is 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 fine dining mm. at, of of Asian cuisine is saying the subtlety of this you know we've yeah, we've, yeah. we've enjoyed the kind of heartiness but what about the the subtlety and there's things like the cinnamon cinnamon lounge in London and kind of Michelin starred restaurants of with course. amazing because there's such a wealth of spices and what have you to kind of combine from you have that and then there's also regional regionalness of South Asian food you know there is. I didn't realise when I was growing up, because, you know, I grew up in the north of England. Around the north of England, if you have all the mill towns, actually, predominantly, the people who settled in Leeds and um, and kind of Bradford, Bradford tends to be more Muslim, Pakistani. And in and Leeds, there's kind of Pakistani, Muslim, and also quite a lot of Punjab, people right. from the Punjab. Um, but uh, so what you have, what I grow with is third generation. But uh, what I didn't realise is we, I always thought curry is kind of an, 
food from from like Punjab is 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 kind of it's thick sauces, it's hearty, it's stews, yeah. it's flatbreads and whatever. And I just thought that that was Indian food. I didn't <laughs> realize that you go down south and it's totally different. You go to Goa and it's totally different. I never didn't realize, you know, you can have like in south in Indian food, you know, you can have like a a dosa, which is which is like it's like a wrapped filled pancake. This sounds amazing. I want one of those. Yeah, I've never had one. Awesome. The first time I had it was in a South Indian restaurant in London because there's you know there's Bengali and it's about where people land. Yeah, they, it's about where yeah. people land. And then of course, if you land, then if someone's coming over, then you'll you'll come to somewhere where you've got connections, won't you? Yeah, so yeah, that's absolutely. why you tend to have that development of communities. There's a there's in in London there's Brick Lane which is a kind of mile of curry houses in the east yeah. end of London. And that's kind of predominantly Bengali and Bangladeshi, which there's not very many Bangladeshi and, and Bengali people. No, that'd be something of a special Leeds. thing up here. Yeah. You'd be like, wow. Yeah, I know. It. I know. It's amazing. And I, I kind of keep looking for like, there's one place, one place in Leeds. I know where I can get dosa and tali. And tali is um, where you kind of get, have a, it's like a little, kind of tasting dish and you get lots of little different small dishes oh, and kind of dips oh. and yogurt and seriously uh, sorry it's driving me crazy <laughs> lots of little dishes dishes stop the doing food porn food porn it's driving me food mad <laughs> but you know it, where I come from you can go over to Bradford and you know sit in a tiny little cafe and have some of the most authentic Asian f- food that you can have in the UK at all it's uh it's pretty awesome but i'm quite excited about this discovery of like proper regional food i think it's a good one like there's there's one restaurant in leeds which has been kind of flying the flag for a long time which a long is time. it's been it makes gujarati cuisine yeah. which is dry quite often it's quite dry kind of dishes served with rice but and it's also totally vegetarian yeah not the region itself I'm, I'm sure the region you know it could be but i'm just saying the restaurant is totally vegetarian hans says it's called yeah in leeds and so they do amazing food. And um, it's small and pretentious and really nice. Oh, we love, we love it. you. But there is, there is always this thing, isn't there, of I love it. I love it a lot. I've only recently started to get my head around actually learning to make it myself. I, other people say they're making a curry and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fun. Just throw it together. And, but, but I suppose that's practice. Yeah, you know, and, and you've you've been out, you've done the work a lot of time. A lot of the work is actually going out and make, taking the ingredients with you, and knowing exactly which spices you need to have in stock. And then once you've got them, you're fine because they're going to last you. They're going to last you, know, you forever. But also, if you go time, out and but, buy um, them, there's a uh, there's an amazing uh, kind of continental supermarket which sells most of the kind of spices that yeah. I I need for like cooking curry and stuff like that. Thing is, because a lot of people who do like who are doing Asian cooking are cooking for a lot of people. Yeah. And every time I go, I go and I'm like, I really need some onion seeds. I need some onion seeds for this recipe. And I'm only able to buy a kilo of onion seeds, of which oh. I am probably going to use about mm, two tablespoons. And so I find myself kind of sharing it around people, giving yeah, people yeah, jars onion of seed. onion anyone? seeds. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, onion seeds? Uh, fenugreek? Fenugreek? Anyone need any fenugreek? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fennel seeds. I've got some fennel seeds. <laughs> Please, someone tell me fennel seeds. There's some things I'm kind of like held off buying because I'm like, yeah, actually, you know what it was? I, it was it was turmeric or haldi, 
Is it called there? Because they only sell Haldi like turmeric in enormous <laughs> bags. And it's so much cheaper per kilo than the supermarket. But I was just looking at going, there is no way yeah. in God's earth. I actually have room for this bag of turmeric. Yeah, this you know. is too much room in my cupboard. Yeah. I don't have room in my life for you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I just you would don't have to kind of. I'm when I do that, I promise curry. myself when I buy when I buy the big bag of one thing. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm going to be making this stir fry slash curry slash stew forever. I'm going to have to live <laughs> on it for the next year. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to eat it until it's I gone. I will. I will get use out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also and that- then you reach a point where you're you've gotten so used to the taste of this that you're throwing handfuls of it into every dish, and everyone else is flaking around you and dying. And you're like. <laughs> What are you talking about? I, can't, I can barely taste it. I need some more. <laughs> You're talking about turmeric goes with steak and kidney pie perfectly. <laughs> it's, oh. it's true. It's, and I used to do, I used to, when I lived in a shared house, we used to buy like the big five kilo bags of rice as well because they're yeah, so yeah, much more. Yeah, you could, you could use it, especially if every meal you make is for at least three people. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, it lasts forever, but I mean, if you, you store it right, rice is not going to off. But now, I'm... Um, I can't, you know, how it's like, it's so much better value, but I, I can't stop five kilos <laughs> of rice. Can't, can't do it. I love it though. I love going to that supermarket because I'll go in and I'll be like, um, I went in for some pumpkin recently, looking for some pumpkin to make pumpkin oh, soup. nice. Because I knew that they'd have it. And then he was like, uh, I was looking, looking around and one of the assistants said, what are you looking for? Pumpkin. He was like. Went out, went out back and bought in this enormous pumpkin. How much do you want? Chopped me off this massive slice of it with a cleaver. It was brilliant. Awesome. Oh, man. I know. It's really good. But I would say the one thing I always have, and I had this in the other store near me, which is because they've got halal butchers. Mm. But, the, you know, the lamb and stuff there is really good. Um, but I always, always have this kind of... I get quite intimidated by going to the counter because it's always about five guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I just get tongue-tied because it's like, it's these five guys and it's always quite blokey behind there. Yeah. And I, like the last time I was there, it was the young, it was the young guy that got served by it and everyone's going, and they were saying something and I could just, and my paranoia. By the tone. You yeah. My paranoia was like, they're taking the piss on they they're taking the piss out of him because he's serving me and i can see yeah. it and i'm oh. and he's giving it back he's like no she leave me alone yeah, no, yeah. she's just a customer yeah oh it's so bad i should i, I should get over it his fancy woman mm-hmm. yeah I, I should get over it i just you have this yeah. fear actually i have to say i have, I have that feeling in like a lot of butchers i do i do and it's it's that feeling of me it's like it's like over your depth because if you say what you, what you want and then they answer you with another question Yes. Like you don't understand and you have to stand there all kind of, you just crumble, don't you? This facade of noise totally. dissolves. Uh, I'd Enough like, for two people? I'd like, a pork, I'd like some pork shoulder, please. And he'll say, do you want me to do something with that? <laughs> you go, uh-huh. Yeah. I saw a recipe on TV. I want some pork shoulder. Um, if I if I get it, record it, burn it onto disc for you. Can you watch it and tell me how much I need? <laughs> Thanks so much. <gasps> Thanks very much. Oh, I usually have that thing of I'll have, <laughs> I'll have, I'll have some uh, I'll have some lamb chops. Oh no, you want cube lamb? You want a lamb chop? So you want a lamb shoulder? Here, you can have this. If you know, put it in there. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you know? What I found out the key to these things is is um, if you admit ignorance, and you say, what do you think? 
if you, if you put the onus on someone to have an opinion, it's their chance to shine, and they love you. I would say you get that. help. I would say that, but the last time I said I don't really know what I want. I just need enough lamb for cube lamb for say two people. He gave me enough to feed five. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for two, maybe. I don't know if you could quite believe that I was really. Well, the thing is, then, then at the point when he's going on the plastic sheet on the scales, and you need to be the kind of person who is gutsy enough to be able to say without getting embarrassed. Um, excuse me, I want about half of that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I still ended up with enough for four people. Oh, <laughs> I was really trying to sell you. I know. In walks a green and I'll I'll palm off half a sheep Clearly. on it. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, <laughs> it's like I'll bring out the mutton. For a need the lamb. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd shoot it for a few hours, live value. Try yeah. and get some. <laughs> yeah. My uh, benefit from really good flavour. Good flavour. It's great. <laughs> damn you. Damn you. <laughs> It'll make a great stock, but you might want to fish the bits of leather out afterwards. <laughs> after the cooking. That'd be, uh, that'd be useful. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so bloody intimidated by the other four guys standing at the back grinning that I kind of scuttle off, go and look at the spice aisle and try bet, and figure out whether I, really I want... I thought you were a pleasant woman and just gave you the best bits. I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, well, he was very nice and I'm sure he did. I then went back to stare at the spice aisle. Do I really want two kilos of peppercorns? <laughs> I, I love that shop though. I could literally spend hours in there maybe that's hours. why they think you're a bit tapped yeah because i keep just going in just like gaping open-mouthed at the size of the bags of peppercorns and going wow i know i could wander up and down the aisles going yeah wow you can get that i i never knew Ooh, look at that mm, i don't wonder what i'd do with that because they've kind yeah. of got they've got like ingredients for well west indian african middle eastern and asian cooking mm. in there not kind of, not so much, more South Asian. They've got the biggest aisle of chilies and like, not chilies, but like pickles and yeah. chutneys. Oh. Awesome. I just sit there going, look, five different types of jerk seasoning. Oh. <laughs> wow. It's the only place in Leeds, apart from a brewer's shop, that you can get citric acid. I probably shouldn't have told you that. Oh, you junkies out there. Uh, oh, wh- wh- why do junkies use it? Apparently, I found out when I needed some citric acid to i needed citric acid n- not for drug purposes but um baking uh n- yeah a for for bread making you put it in there yeah because i was making elderflower cordial and oh. i wanted to preserve it but i couldn't find it for love and money chemists don't sell it anymore because um because of the purposes for it. it can be used to acidify or to cut some drug or something or other wow i didn't know that gosh i didn't know that i've got and, a joke uh, for you sorry yeah it's but I don't, know if, I don't know if you're going to find it funny or not. Uh-huh. Shall I just tell it and we'll see? It. Yeah. Okay. What's got um, more legs than a centipede, but only three teeth? I don't know. The queue outside the methadone clinic. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. I somebody sent it to me on email. I'm just repeating what I heard. <sighs> <sighs> Me- methadone clinic? More legs than a centipede. Only three teeth. Come on. I know. It's you're sweet. You're far too kind of intelligent for this kind of crap humour. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take it elsewhere. Take it. Well, take it. Listen to this joke. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But what I love is, is, is this store where you can get citric acid. It's centred in 
one of the more troubled areas of Leeds. <laughs> and what I want to know is, have any any of the users in the area actually cottoned on to the fact that here is the easiest way to get great big bags of citric yeah. acid right down the road from them? And I don't think they have. No, they really haven't. No. Because otherwise they probably would have stopped stopped uh, selling it. <laughs> Maybe they all found out last year and they've all got a massive kind of lifetime <laughs> supply. They've all smacked themselves to death literally before they could finish the supply of citric acid because they, they said it's such enormous quantities. You <laughs> see, it's great. It's good. Well, I know. I, I mean, I think we've kind of finished on a nice tangent, which is which yeah. is awesome. Oh, we I, also I have... would just like to, um, to to play something for you. This we're hard selling ourselves here, but you know, yeah, hey, we have. We, we we're wanting to get, do a bit of promotion on the show because we've uh, been nominated for a podcast mm-hmm. network award. I'm not sure if the voting will still be going on. Anyway, it's a kind of it's a it's a listeners award show and you know frankly i've listened to the competition and although some of them are very professional um i'd quite like it if some rank amateur british people won it because the rest of them yeah. are american so i'd quite like they're to all win. like executive producers of their own things yeah well we're not we're they're like proper. Proper. we're professional ramblers yeah we just rattle on about anything and we think that's why we should win <laughs> <laughs> so uh here's a special propo- promotional message <laughs> We prepared Wait. earlier when I say... Message from Gloria. I love crimes against food, I do. It's a great show. Oh, yes, Cosmic. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> we found out I got a new phone, you see. The, the people from my phone company called me up when I was hungover and feeble and they tricked me into signing a new contract. They made it sound like it was going to fix my life. And, um, and it has. Yeah, it, it has really because I was feeling quite low the other day and I realised that my phone can read out text messages <laughs> in that lovely automated voice. <laughs> Let the stalking commence. <laughs> oh yeah, there's another one. Do you want to hear it? Shall I play it? Oh, go on then. Go on. Just because it is very funny. Go on then. I can't believe we, we, we're playing this out on our show, but you'll like it. Gorgeous ginger man sighting. Have developed ginger crush in space of minute. He is working in Huddingly Costa. Let the ginger stalking commence. <laughs> ah, I think my favourite part of, of the whole reading of text message things aloud might be when the man's voice says X. <laughs> you know, obviously it's not a kiss to him. He's like, let the ginger stalking commence. X. Gloria laughed and then he took a cry out on the microphone. That was oh, really funny. That was good. Oh. oh, it may not. It may not be new to you, but it's new to it's, us. God, this is. This and is, we had to share it. To technology you. is marvelous, isn't it? Just. Oh God. Just think of the possibilities of the application of that so yes we've been nominated for award for such sterling broadcast services <laughs> as playing you our text messages um and rambling for an hour about curry i hope you've wow. enjoyed it and uh if you want to listen to more of us you can go to www.simplysyndicated.com yeah if you haven't been there before you can listen to the rest of the shows or you can listen to us through itunes there's also some other shows put out by members of the uh, Simply Syndicated Network. There's shows about food, film, booze. No, 
Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> drugs is booze. Staying with the theme. Yeah, drugs is booze. Um, games, not very much at all. Uh, Star Trek. I have covered them all. And there's also a lovely forum with with lovely people on. Lovely people. Which I invite people to post on. Perhaps tell us about your experiences with curry. International experiences with curry. Mm. Bad curry. I mean, we yeah. only just touched a bit on bad curry. But to be honest, I've, even when curry's bad, it's okay. It's a bit like yeah. pie. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, you although, can still choke it down even when, it, even when they would not touch it themselves. You're like, oh, this is pretty all right. Uh, although actually referring back to our pies and pastry yeah. episode, there is some pie that's so bad it's just... It's never all right. Yeah. No, you know what, the, what those pies are? Pies in a tin. Oh, yeah. Just, just don't do it, kids. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Go and get curry. It's much better. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Gloria Lind. Mia Steele. Ta-ra. Bye-bye.